Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And I'm Mike Clapoff. Oh, my. That was supposed to be a werewolf. Never mind. Okay. (laughs) And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. Oh, that was a wolf. That was more like a wolf. Okay, today, continuing request timber. Our uh, selection this week comes to us from at Salty Dog 630, or more affectionately known around East Sounds familiar. As our patron, Megan. And uh, speaking of which, if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash 90 under 90, and you can read about all the tiers that we have to offer. You can have a chance to be on this show. The tears streaming down our faces that we have to offer you. We have we are nothing but tears. Uh, the tear just, tattoo. You know I the song No More Tears? Because I was in some shit. Yeah. And the, the song No More Tears, we're the yeah. opposite of that. That's right. We're not tears for fears. No, and we're not tears for jeers. We're tears we're for tears cheers. For cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That's right. That's, that's it, generally speaking, it's partnered with against jeers. Um, anyway, this week, uh, today on our show, talking uh, uh, clocking in at 84 minutes, we're talking about 2020's The Wolf of Snow Hollow, direct, written and directed by Jim Cummings. And, not to uh, be confused with Jim Cummings. No. The, the infamous voiceover actor who's about as famous as Frank Welker, our prolific, who's done some pretty bad things. Yes. <laughs> and I, uh, I, don't, I didn't know. We, under, we around, your, under your thumb, Goof. <laughs> we around we got 90 under 90. The voice of Pete from Goof Troop, that guy. Jim and Cummings. Tigger. He's, and he's kind of a piece of shit. Oh, man. Allegedly. Never meet your heroes. We're, we're not a fan of uh, what we've guy, heard. This guy's like our age, Jim. The other Jim Cummings, just a little bit movie. older. He's this guy's, yeah, just a little, I'm little older. I'm kind of jealous. Like well, I'm a filmmaker. This well, guy's yeah. like legit. I, I yeah. mean, this guy reminds me of a black comedy Shane Carruth kind of. Yeah, he's got that vibe. Yeah, indie, like, and he knows it, and then he wears yeah. it on his sleeve, and uh, just the like. This is I'm not, I'm not gonna bury the lead here. I like I love this movie. Thank you for the recommendation, Megan. I, and because not because the mystery, although I thought that was very compelling, the lead, like the lead is so fucking weird and high strung and funny. Uh, and he just this does is, such a great job. Let me t- let me put it this way. If this dude was in Uncut Gems, I would understand <laughs> when everyone was like, it's the most stressful movie I've ever seen. Because I don't I don't believe it when when I saw the Adam Sandler version. But if there's an alternate universe where this yeah. where Jim Cummings was in Uncut Gems, I'm going to be like. Oh, my white knuckles by the end of it. <laughs> this kind of had some editing. Like, this was like a, uh, if, um, this is like rural safety brothers. Like, it's like not, <laughs> earth, you know, it's cause it, this was edited very, uh, so my biggest problem was Suicide Squad, not the new one, but the old one is that it was edited like a trailer. And mm. this movie is kind of two at parts, but it works because of the way they want to convey the yeah. way this guy feels. 
the vibes I got, especially and it's the scenes where there's new victims and they cross cut between him at funerals and stuff, yes. or when he slaps another cop in the face in a wide <laughs> shot. That is, there will be blood to me with the intense score. Oh. He's like Daniel Plainview. You know what? That's an even better comparison. Yeah, it did remind me a lot of that. And um, there was some really good cinematography in this, some good shots, good setting. I like that snowy town setting. Such a crisp uh, aesthetic, like like Fargo uh, kind of. Yeah, it had he had was compared to uh, Coen mm-hmm. Brothers, not just because of the setting, but I assume because of like how idiosyncratic and funny and black comedy it is, but. Mm-hmm. I looked at the seven minutes in the movie. I'm like, this look, and this is no detriment to the film. I was like, this looks like a TV show. Like, this is a pilot to The Wolf of Snow How on Amazon Prime starring Jim Cummings. I'm like, and I'm fine with this, but it, like, doesn't it kind of look like it looks like a t like a movie from I get, Prime now? I get what you're saying. There is something that like is a little too sharp about yeah. uh, television pilots and like streaming shows and stuff. It's just almost like we're getting to that point where it's too high definition. We need to back up the definition a little bit. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I see what you're saying though. I think that's like, I think that's almost the testament to our standards for TV now though. Yes. Rather yeah, than yes. a degradation of film. I think that what's happening is a TV cause it's so They're funny blending cause, too. Yeah, because on our other one of our other one of the other Patreon shows, I should say, that Jerry and I are doing now, we're discussing Twin Peaks, and there is a very, very, very strong disconnect between those first two seasons and the third made in 2017. TV shows now they're made just like long movies that are just sliced into pieces, and this had that feel like it could be. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like it could be part of like a. Uh, like an anthology comedy horror show, almost like a, another episode would be a different town, maybe with like a vampire or something. I don't exactly. know. You know? If yeah. they played it out as slow as a lot of annoying shows do, like they yeah. could make a whole season out of this one story. But I'm really glad that they left it at 84 minutes. Yeah, Because I think that a lot of you're right, though, a lot of shows now, they slow feel play. like they could be movies that, that if you just if they tightened it up. Yep. And, yeah, and you just cut some fat. Up. Get, get rid just, of the chuffa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alan Tudyk. This is uh, Robert Forster's. Uh, are, yeah. are you talking about? Knocked up. I was I'm, doing. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a. I'm doing a. Jared was doing Bruce oh. Willis uh, anecdote. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Robert Forster. This is his second to last film. Great actor. And I read a, a little quote. It was like Jim Cummings is like, we just expected a polite no, and instead we got him to sign on. And and the reason is because he said at its heart it's about a father and son, and but it's also about ageism. Like he really responded to that uh, little thing. So. This is- this movie has a lot of subtext. There's a lot of cool themes like that just kind of operate in the background. Distrust and hatred towards police, ageism in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, um, today's, feels- you know, the, the um, today's view of that. I like the 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 um, the setup of how like Ricky Ricky Lindholm's character is like this steady level headed one, yes. and he's the one in charge, but he's just losing his shit. Like, <laughs> what I like is that like this movie does have you like it feels like it has a few things to say, mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting the perspective about like the police. It feels to me, and this is totally me inferring, but it it, it almost feels as if Jim Cummings must have a cop very close to him in his like family it's funny you say that he's got sick and tired of everybody like bad mouthing him and be like dude like 
do you know how hard that job is? And like, he's like, I want to show that and like at least give some pro police like opinion in uh, the right. Movie. Um, it's funny you say that. I don't know enough about him personally about the whole cop connection, but his breakthrough film, Thunder Road, is about – he plays a cop. So I think like some people kind of criticize this movie because they're like he's found his bread and butter, obviously, is like a cop. He's a good at playing it and kind of an intense white cop. <laughs> and uh, But he's so great in this movie. Like um, I was trying to think of if they Hollywooded it up, who would be – the Jim Cummings role. I have an answer. I was wondering if you guys thought about this. Well, I think he's getting a little too up there now, but I was thinking that the, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that was in the Dawn of the Dead remaking in Modern Family. Ty Burrell. Okay. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I think yeah. he's getting a little up there for this role. So, I can but, see that. Yeah. Well, it, it, speaking of up there, I thought there's moments where I was like, you know, there's, there's different speeds that Steve Carell plays at. I was like, I could see Steve Carell in this role as uh, the like anger issues. Like he's dysfunctional in a workplace. This is yeah. familiar territory. Perhaps yeah. at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, yeah, he could play this because he has that energy that works for it where and he Katie, can play stress. Like, you uh-huh. know what I'm thinking is him in the big short. He's very angry, yeah. short fused, you know. Exactly. That I could see it. Or yeah. Space Force, unfortunately. I watched the first few episodes of that Is piece that of garbage. Is that the Yahoo show? Uh, Netflix. Were... Oh, because there, there was a weird, when Yahoo had a streaming service that one time. Yeah, with Community Season 6. Yeah, and they yeah. did this other space-themed comedy show. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. remember. But he, they renewed that motherfucker, but anyway, I, I digress. Um, Me too. <laughs> I, I forget where I was going, but it doesn't matter. Um, oh, you were talking about the energy Steve Carell has. With, sure. You know, how he could do that. To Hollywood, the movie of. Space Force got brought up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's all I had to say for that one, but... Uh, you know, you you have a familiar face here with Forrester, and you have Ricky Lindholm. So, like, I that I I like because you know it, we made we make it we made indie films, and people anybody who watches them, God bless you, because I I know there's a hump you have to get over when there's no familiar face in an indie film. You're kind of dr- like in the deep end of the the lake. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. So that's why you always see like a D-list actor in those movies, at least, you know? There was two things I remember now. One is I thought it'd be great if, like, what if, uh, like, Killian Murphy was in our movie, An Intervention? Like, it's just us, but he's, like, the Henry role. also Killian Murphy. (laughs) Wait, wait, so who would he play himself? Oh, we would play Henry. (laughs) I just thought it would be, I thought you were saying, like, that he would play himself, like, Henry, to convince you to quit drinking. Here's Killian Murphy. That That would be a great scene. (laughs) And it's funny because he talks the least in the movie, too. Yeah, I know. He does. The other thing I remember it is, um... Katie suggested, what if Paul Rudd like played this role? And I was like, that's not really his speed, but it would be so interesting to see him play this speed in a movie, like ang- short fuse, like going yeah. nuts. <laughs> it's funny because for whatever reason at all, and that this is probably not the best choice in the world because it's certainly not the most Hollywood A-list choice, but I was just going to say David Desmalchin. Oh, okay. The polka dot man from yeah. the Suicide Squad. Yeah, he would Silent be great. Silent film I think. Adrian Brody. <laughs> yeah. I, I refer to him as silent film Adrian Brody because he looks exactly if Adrian Brody lived in the silent film era. It would be, <laughs> be David Desmel. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, right. All right. You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. 
All right. So this movie opens with like, what do you guys think of this prologue here with this guy who has a really deep voice like Vin Diesel? <laughs> the bully from 22 Jump Street. Is um, the movie? Yeah, this actor's name is Jimmy Tal- uh, Tatro. Okay. But yeah, he um he was like a, a YouTube personality voice. too at one point, but he's good. He looks like a YouTube personality. <laughs> he does. <This> looks <laughs> like the kind of guy. Big ball looking motherfucker. Yeah. Oh God. Um. But he's good in this. I'll say yeah. that. He was, I like, you know, he's they have no problem with him. But I, I do like the vibe because this movie sets itself up with a different tone than it ends with. Like this, mm-hmm. this prologue feels like a typical horror movie, which mm-hmm. is exactly what you want. But it felt almost like, um, kind of like Scream to me, where it was a cool separate story that was told that set things up and these characters granted this character does come back briefly but it's mostly separate just to kick things off which i liked yeah and it it doesn't give you a sense right away of the tone it takes itself more seriously in the beginning than after that but i i liked it because of that it does uh it does a really great job at misdirection i'm about to say something that You'll probably realize, but like you, you uh, let's okay. So the film opens with this guy and his girlfriend, and they made it to Snow Hollow, and it opens with these you know beautiful drone shots. I assume over very much like The Shining, kind of. Yeah, I got that vibe. Yeah, except it cross dissolves with upside down mountains, you guys. So what? What? what this whole thing is upside down. What? What is this? This so, main character world is. The main character's world is turning upside down. Visual, visual metaphor. So <laughs> Snow Hollow. I kept calling it Snow Howl. I don't know about you guys as I was talking about it because of the wolf, but it's in Utah. And it's uh, they're there and uh, they're on vacation. Obviously, they're a little more uh, seems well to do than maybe the rest of the people in the town, the regular townies. Because when they get into the place and, you know, they yeah celebrate, celebrate. He's all like, oh, I'm dating. The, what does he say? He's like uses uh, like you're so LA or something. I'm like dating that. a pinball machine. Oh <laughs> the, yeah, like yeah. That. He says that, and then he <laughs> says that she's acting way too LA because she's worried about her dog. Oh okay. Is, and her is, chihuahua. I'm dating. I'm dating a pinball machine, and, and she, <laughs> she's like woo, and just bouncing around all over the place. It's it, like you said, very horror setup. Like they're yeah, gonna have yeah. sex and they're gonna die. Like that's yeah. what the vibe you get. So that's they're, always. How it goes. Yep. And they're out at a bar and they happen to overhear some hunters at the doorway and they use an F bomb and I'm not talking fuck. And uh, he chimes in and he's all like, hey, you guys want to keep it down over there? Or no, I'm sorry. Hey, you guys want to keep it down over there? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it is really a just because this is the kind of guy you'd be thinking would be using that language. But here he's the one that's like, hey, that's insensitive. <laughs> Right. It looks like the football quarterback, like the, the like calling you team. out. Yeah. Which is like I, I promote, but hey, it's yeah, rare. Yeah. It's just funny to see that. But he's like, it yeah. just goes against. Yeah. Type. I guess he's triggered because like he his backstory is like something to do with his brother being gay and, and maybe right. died also. But it does, it's not too important, but like it's important to him. And, uh, right, and I like that they don't fill us in totally. It's mm-hmm. just a passing thing and you can build some backstory yourself. And this is, like, thing to say number one. Like, you know, right in the first few minutes of this movie, it's like it's given you something that it has to say. Like, it has a, it's taking a very strong stance one of for, those for very personal themes. reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
This is an interesting detail that you don't catch until maybe you read the plot or you're just maybe a sharpier listener. But they get back to their, you know, vacation house, whatever. And uh, uh, PJ is his name, the guy. He tries. He notices that all the knives are gone. And Brienne, the girlfriend, she's going to visit the taxidermist to get some more taxidermy. Did you guys remember that? No, I didn't. I, I, I was – so after I finished the movie – the mm-hmm. twist confused me mm-hmm. because I didn't understand where this guy came in, but I went back and I noticed it rewatching the prologue. Yeah. Okay. So after coming back, they both relax in the hot tub and then he, he goes back in the house and he takes a shower and he goes out and he sees the dismembered remains of Brienne outside. And uh, the, the clearest, most drawn, bloody paw prints that you'll ever see in the snow. And yeah. guess what? It may be. Uh, I don't know. Um, so the next day, we finally meet. Uh, and this is like a pretty lengthy prologue for an 84-minute movie. Um, so that all happens. The next day, we meet John Marshall, played by writer, director, uh, yeah, Jim Cummings. Non-voice actor Jim Cummings. That's right. And he's at an AA meeting. And he's uh, been gone for six years, but apparently he's only been sober for three. Uh, he's his apparently his wife's trying to separate him from his daughter. He has anger issues. Um, and and this is a weird way to disrupt the meeting. He's called <clears throat> to the scene. He's called to the scene of the crime, but uh, he he's like listening. And then the guys like at the meeting are like, "What do you what What's wrong?" He's like, "There's no like I don't hear anything." It's like Very signs, weird. the opening it of the were... signs. To me, I'm like, oh, is this guy a wolf? Like, that's my first question is like, because he got like dog hearing. Is that what I'm to believe? He's a werewolf? Right. I'm not buying I, I felt really smart at the beginning of this movie. I'm like, I figured it out right away. That's the first <laughs> sign that this guy's the werewolf. So I probably got the flow of this scene totally wrong because I only see, seen it once, you know, right. and, you know, you get become more of an expert on movie the more you watch it. But the, the initial sense I got was that and this is probably totally not how the way things went was that he was talking. I thought he was getting angry because there was like footsteps or something above him because he yeah. kept looking up. Yeah, right. And I was like, OK, like so there's people above him. He's talking about anger issues. He's going to lose it because of that. Then he takes out his phone and he's like looking up and looking at his phone. He says, I can't hear people. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of these. Yeah. I (laughs) don't know what the fuck is going on. But no, uh, it's normal from there. But that scene really confused me. It's very, yeah. Megan, if you you seem like you like this movie, send us an email to explain that scene, please. All right. Uh... (laughs) Or you don't have to. I'm just kidding. So he's disrupted. He goes to the scene of the murder of Brienne, and uh, his father's the sheriff there. He's played by Robert Forrester, and Julia is a fellow officer. Her name is, you know, Julia. She's played by Ricky Lindholm, and uh, they're checking out Whom the scene. Whom we were debating it before this, which one. We don't know if she's Garfunkel or Oates, and we haven't bothered to look it up. We're just assuming <laughs> she's Garfunkel. <laughs> I think she's Garfunkel. I didn't bother either. Anybody that wants to know what we're talking about, there's a comedy duo band called Garfunkel and Oates, and she's one of the two. Anyway. You somebody could know. be listening Somebody yeah. could be listening right now. She's like, she's Oates! You fucking idiots! She's Oates! <laughs> like, really Wait, angry that's at us. right. My whole theory didn't make sense. I'm sitting here like, well, Paul Simon is short, 
so similar to Garfunkel, she would be tall, but the other one's oats have fallen oats, so that doesn't matter. Right. Oh my she's, God, this she's whole rabbit hole. Here, you know what? I'm just going to look it up because she, we have a thing called the internet here. She, <laughs> we just got some fucking use. God, I can't make it to the libraries are closed on Sunday. I won't be able to get there to look Jared, did you confirm it just now? Confirmed she's Garfunkel. Okay, okay. thank you. Thank you. That was a big to-do there. So they go and they discover that the body parts of Brienne are missing, including her vagina. Um, and they think it's an isolated incident. And uh, Snow Hollow is a very peaceful place. And there's like some debate early on that whether or not it's a wolf or a human. And our guy, John, our main guy, John Marshall, says, no, it's a human. It's a human. All right. It's a human. Everybody. In fact, everybody. <laughs> this is the exact opposite of most horror movies, wherein he'd be the one crazy guy proposing yes. that it's a werewolf and everyone else would be like you're you're out of your mind this is a, obviously a person who did this and literally everybody is just like i could be a wolf man i could be a werewolf man i don't know what do you he think he's losing his shit anytime someone even says like oh maybe it has something to do with animals he's just like his head just spins and he's like he's not in it and like Oh my God! Animals don't use knives. I'm like, what if it was a man and an? I'm sitting there acting like the detectives that are coming up with theories too. I'm like, what if it was a man and an animal? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but he's yeah, he is losing his shit this whole movie, and it's kind of great to watch, but I wouldn't want to be there. And let's talk about the quality of the police force a little bit here. Uh, it seems like the only officer who really gives a shit is Ricky Lindholm or like Jim Cummings, but he he's distracted. He gets in his own way. That's yeah. probably the best way to put it. And then his dad really gives a shit, Robert Forster, but he's he's worse for wear. And then the he supporting can't do guys anything are just kind of there and apathetic. You know, they're just kind of like they they think it's going to be solved in a week. Like that's what their attitude is initially. And uh, they they keep suggesting this wolf theory, and John keeps shooting them down. Which, but, by the way, it would have been solved in a week if they would have ran with their initial theory of wolf. <laughs> um, and he just gets more and more annoyed by this. Um, in fact, uh, they're at the crime scene. Uh, okay, this is the next crime scene, so I might mm-hmm. be getting ahead. Is, does anything really happen b- between here? He meet, Maybe he meets up with his uh, daughter. And uh, yeah, and, and we get wife, to meet his, his wife, who's just unnaturally. I don't know if this actually maybe this does happen to people after a divorce, but this seems unnaturally uncivil. This this uh, back and forth between she's them. probably like, not had to realistic. put up with his anger for a long time. So this is her uh, distancing. You know, I, I bet a lot of smashed windows in their house during their time during their marriage. You know. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you don't want to you don't ever want to be around somebody that you feel like you're walking on eggshells with. You absolutely. know, you, n- you never want to have to constantly question, is this going to upset somebody? And I was like that for a while when I was drinking, too, I bet. I mean, I don't remember, but I bet I was like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, I not saying I blame her. I'm just saying I rarely ever see it depicted this hardcore in movies. I couldn't tell if they were going for a comedy angle with the over the top or if it was just that bad. That's the one. The biggest criticism I have about this movie is that at least according to the way it's labeled on IMDb, it's that it's a horror comedy or it's a suspense comedy horror. And I didn't really think that it was all that funny. Like, Oh, there, there's definitely I, I understand that there are definitely yeah. comedic moments, but to <clears throat> me, it, like it didn't feel like you could label this as a comedy. Like, I don't know. 
I, Maybe I was just, laughing consistently, but I laugh at weird shit. Like, I yeah, I didn't laugh. Uh, no, I don't. Every, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Oh no, it's okay. Um, I, I, I think there's a big difference between for me something being funny and something being clever. This movie played is very clever. You know, um, it, it was it had a sharp wit, but and, it, there there was no slapstick. There was no obvious. This is a joke marker signs. You know, but it was very funny. And the first laugh, genuine laugh out loud moment came in the scene. Uh, the first scene in the station where uh, we see uh, John Marshall talking to his dad, and he uh, he's he's talking. He's talking. About, I was worried about his heart. Blah blah blah. And he says, I just feel like I'm having a heart attack. And he's like, what? Since when? And he's like, oh, since August. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's funny. It's good writing, you know. Um, then he had, he had felt more clever. Yeah. Apparently he had one in August. He has a history, yeah. a bad, uh, bad heart. We find out he has a heart murmur. And uh, but I was like every scene that John's in, I laugh at. But it's just like because on paper it's not that funny, but it's the way he plays it, like he he has that rapid fire delivery when he's frustrated that I yeah. find very funny. But that's that's it's so the fact that this is almost a criticism, but it's also a compliment at the same time. It's like he plays it so realistically mm-hmm. that it's hard to tell, like. If it should be laughed at or if it's just like this guy's just an asshole, like, you know, because he just he genuinely does come off like an asshole who's just like getting super pissed off and being a smart ass and rapid fire, like you're saying. And like I do laugh at it a little bit, but it's also like this is borderline not well, funny. All I know is that, um, well, I, I feel like if I was on okay, all I know is that if it was my film and I was directing it, I would not stop laughing if I was playing that role as him. Like the part where he goes back to the meeting and he has a confrontation, he's all like, "All that po- all those posts that your wife makes, you could tell him to print them out and sit on them." And then like he has a pause where the guy clearly gets up based on his eye line and he has to step. And he's like, "I'm going." <laughs> like <laughs> that's funny. Like it like, is funny. I I guess it's. It's um see that he's like I'm going like he you know like he's a coward but he can't admit it in that scene. I guess what it then comes down to is that this guy uh as the writer director and as of I'm not uh, criticizing him as an actor but maybe as a comedic actor he just doesn't have it he doesn't pop as a comedic performance as much for me as oh, as if he, if somebody else who just maybe leaned a little bit more into that anger uh explosion. Because this is it, again, it's just played so realistically that it's a borderline this, asshole. To me, this is like not. There's a very thin line between this and Will Ferrell's angry dad, get off the shed character. That to me is how close he is to that guy. And and that's when it comes down to the star power of a comedic performer yeah, like I Will suppose. Ferrell. You know, like you're you're absolutely right. There is nothing different about that on paper or even in the performance. He just doesn't pop to me as a comedic. Uh, Perform Damn. most of the time. That don't impress me much. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Get off the shed. I'm sorry, I got so, you brought that up, and I'll say that was funny. Uh, I did want to say though, uh, in all seriousness, um, you know how you were talking. This guy also reminded me a lot of uh, David Byrne, and I wonder just be. I wonder if this is what. Because Dan was talking to me about David Byrne and how he does, he's on, you know, has, is known for being a mercurial, let's say, person. Is that what um, I said? 
I don't that's not what you said that's the word i'm using (laughs) huh nothing i don't remember saying that word at all you didn't all right i'm just using it as a uh way of not using the word like dick (laughs) um but uh i wonder if this was like being around david byrne maybe are you are you being an asshole i can't tell like i want to laugh at you man but I'd imagine me too. Like, let's just like I identify with this character. I have anger issues. Like, I think all three of us do to a certain degree. But like, yeah, yeah, like, and I let not my just anger you, get but when any of one of us pop off, yeah, we don't want to be around each other. No, and then like the littlest things like bother you, like like the scene that's coming up at the second victim here, the ski instructor, to get back on track here. We see we get to know this this chick, which I really dig um before she dies and it's it's not a lot of dialogue here it's just kind of quiet mostly score and we get to see her like we're like where are we we're okay we're on a ski hill she's teaching these kids and she's doing a really good job at it obviously they're responding to her she's she's cool yeah she's cool these kids think she's cool and she's sitting down and she's having you know breakfast with them but then she looks at the camera and she looks very nervous from across the room. And so it makes me think, is this a choice? Is, does she tell the audience and only the audience something that we don't know? Or is there actually a person in the room staring at her? It certainly can't be a wolf. Perhaps it's the werewolf in man form, you know? Some, you start thinking about that stuff. And uh, subsequently, she ends up getting killed after she closes up at the ski lodge. Like, we really get to know – I really appreciate how we get to know her. Like, And so concisely, in like a minute and a half, she's leaving. She's locking up. She's like, the only guy in this town that likes me, I have to hook back up with she's him. She's going back to Josh. Right. Because like, he's the only one in this town who likes her. But I'm like, she's the coolest like snowboard instructor. Would, what are you talking about? I would about? take this lady out for a steak dinner. She you, seems cool. You gotta move to Snow Hollow. She, she don't eat. She don't eat red meat, man. You're gonna have no, to no, take no. her out. No, no, Steakhouses have salad platter. these days, Jer. It's 2021. Why would you take? This could work. Steak. Look, this you're gonna have work. to go to her level. You're gonna have to take her to like a, a like a Zupas or something like that. You know, like some. Fine, kind of... I'll go to a vegetarian restaurant and get a portobello steak. And what's a Zupas? Veggie grill. I don't know. There's a it's a place near me that sells like soup and salad. <laughs> It's a place near me that's so so that's a one percenter joke. I don't know if it's a, <laughs> it, it's a chain. It seems like it's a chain. Look, they got a sign that makes me think this is a chain. It looks like chain, uh, you know, branding. Like they they, didn't, uh, they didn't put that much effort into an independent restaurant for that logo. Zupa, <laughs> Zupas, Zoop. Zoop. It's it's maybe it's part of um the Crash Test Dummies restaurant line. That First is Zoop. Uh, deep no Zoopas. <laughs> you notice? No. Wow. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I just criticized Jer for telling a joke that no one would get, and then I proceeded to do an even yeah, that's more. a zero point zero one percenter joke right there. The joke is that the guy that sings in the old band Crash Test Dummies pronounces S's like Z's specifically in the song. It's have not guys, funny once it's explained. Hey, have you guys ever heard a joke that requires research? Go to YouTube, <laughs> look up Crash Test Dummies, listen to the Crash Test Dummies, get a feel for them, then go back, listen to this episode, and laugh at the joke. Oh, it's it's the fucking Mickey Rourke thing all over again. Unless you were there, it will never be funny. Like, it, it's, you had to be there when the whole thing was established. 
And I keep bringing this shit up during podcasts, thinking my audience will find it. I edit it out. I like it. It doesn't Cut get it out. out. Um, but the Mickey Rourke thing's more broad because that's just our really bad, like purposely bad impression of Mickey Rourke. That sounds like this for some reason. I'm Mickey so that Rourke. Through. <laughs> I, I was supposed why. to be the wolf. I was supposed to be the wolf and Wolf of Snow Hollow, but then they realized that I was a man and not a wolf. Because they thought I was a wolf originally because I kind of look like Dog the Bounty Hunter, so they thought Dog, and then maybe you could be a wolf, but then they found out I'm Mickey, I'm not Dog, so I couldn't be in the movie. And they didn't even end up getting Dog anyway. They got another guy. That fell that through. Fell through. <laughs> That's the formula. You have to say, I was supposed to be in this it's, movie. It's more like, like I was supposed to be aristocrats joke. There's a formula, <laughs> but the rest is riffing. Right, it's, right. right. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I was supposed to be the, and then you can get really like ridiculous with it. I was supposed to be the boat in Titanic, but I guess I wasn't buoyant enough. But the thing is, it <laughs> sank like three quarters of the way in. So anyway, that fell through. I was supposed to be the boat in Titanic, but I can't swim. I, I was actually supposed to be snow in Wolf of Snow Hollow, but they said that my presence was too warm on screen. So that's why does he have a list? <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rourke, like he talks like this. Hey, brother. Hey, hey. he doesn't oh, talk hey, like this. Yeah, there no, we're not going to explain. We have explained <laughs> Mickey Rourke on the show before. So you're just going to have to go back have and we? listen to. Yeah, the, go back and listen is, to Every episode, and but in one of them, we explained what happened, or how right. we got to the Mickey Rourke. But it's very true. You listen to Mickey Rourke talk, talk, there is nary a list to be found there. I mean, this is a complete bastardization of maybe one line he said <laughs> that sounded a certain way at one point. Um, you're talking about from the wrestler when he's like yep. goading Marissa Tomei because he's mad at her and he goes, get up on that get stage, up on stage, squeeze like your titties it. together. Squeeze your titties together. If there's man. one thing about this group, <laughs> it's that we can take three seconds of film and uh, make that into <laughs> everything. Do you guys remember that our dad was in uh, Hook for three seconds? No. Yes. Dustin Mike remembers. Hoffman. Well, what ended up happening what? was that the producers deep faked your dad's face onto Dustin Hoffman for three seconds. To there test was a out the technology. What is the, What won. are the three seconds, guys? There's, okay, so there's the shot. <laughs> it's the shot in Hook mm-hmm. where he, it's like kind of like a, um, uh, a medium on him. They're and on the turns, deck. Oh, no, I know that shot. He turns the Tinkerbell. And he's like, all right, this spell. Like, but for, <laughs> yeah, he just sort of like, literally. Okay, for, now I know that shot. For the, the second lighting. Three seconds before he opens his mouth, it yeah. looks exactly like well, dad. And then he opens the his mouth. Carter poster, Sliced it's Alone. True. And he was in Blues Brothers. No. But it didn't look that's, like him. That's a, <laughs> that's a different bullshit. lie altogether. <laughs> Yeah, Jared to look cool told people because my dad was almost in Blues Brothers, and it was cooler to say he was in Blues Brothers. So Jared told people he was in Blues Brothers. He told me that, which made no sense because I'm like, I, why the fuck are you Mike, trying to impress me? Like, Mike, it's me. Like, <laughs> I told people that. It's I not told just you. Everybody. <laughs> I also convinced my entire eighth grade class I was born in Canada. Yep, and you were Jewish. And that I yeah, was... I remember when the day I introduced myself to you, one of your first lines to me was, I'm originally from Canada. That oh, was wow. literally one of the first <laughs> things you said to me. 
I'm also the wolf of Snow Hollow. I was I was <laughs> supposed didn't to be the, fall through this time. I was that wolf. I was supposed to be the oh, hollow in Wolf of Snow Hollow, but they said I'm too deep, so you know that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. too deep. There's too much up here. This ain't hollow. I'm smart. <laughs> this ain't hollow. <laughs> There's a lot going on up here. So uh, There's the the wheels are turning up he's here. From- He's from Wisconsin and he has a list. <laughs> Where can I get some good cheese curds? You guys going to the Packers game? <laughs> oh man! All right. So um, next thing you know, the so I, the ski instructor she leaves work and we get a real feel for who she is before she inevitably gets killed by the titular wolf of snow hollow in the parking lot um, yeah they don't bury the lead on that they, they actually show the the wolf this is when they show like, it first right a nice yeah. a nice little glimpse of the wolf early on they don't wait until the very end like oh here it is the last shot the this wolf. is the thing i wanted to say that i think is handled genius like this is actually the time where uh, I'm just gonna say it. They there's in the in the wide you'll notice that that wolf is digitally done. No. Yep. Yeah. Totally. But it's, it's a man not, it's not, in a costume. It's not noticeable because it's badly done. You could just tell. But okay, let me let me just say this. It's a man in a costume. It's the it's the best fucking misdirection I've like one of the best misdirections I've ever seen because you are certain it is a stupid digital wolf because they digitally did a man in a costume. That's pretty fucking genius. That's cool. It's, it's yeah, that's move. cool. And, and and I really liked the way that they handled this twist because it didn't feel stupid. There are some twists mm-hmm. that at first I groan, and then sometimes I'll grow to accept it. Sometimes I won't. This at no point was I like that's stupid. I was. Dude. It felt like I, it fit. I love these. Uh, I love grounded twists and. Um, that what this shares with Scooby Doo and Supernatural is that those shows is that you think it's something supernatural and then the twist is it's just a or or like the village it's a fucking dude in a suit I like that way more than if it was a actual werewolf I don't know about you guys but conversely Dan does not like it when it's not a dude in a suit like in Iron Man three where he's not actually in it if he's steering it remotely. And he's saving a bunch of people and taking credit for it. Yeah, I don't like that. That whole barrel of monkeys sequence, I do not like in Iron Man 3. I'll just say that. So hey, I'm going to become familiar with that sometime soon. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling like the Marvel shows will be the only ones that Dan's like, yeah, I want to be on that one, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll talk d- about that one. Well, what do you guys know what you're doing after Twin Peaks? No, we don't yet. We haven't decided. I yeah. keep saying X-Men. The X Men. Oh, by I keep okay. saying X Men because there's like eight movies to do. And, and uh, yeah, they had the first original trilogy, which was before. That's all pre MCU. Is is any X Men integrated? No. 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 Okay. So it might might be worth doing. We'll talk we'll talk about that later. Cool. Because I have hey, never seen an X Men movie. Patreon.com/slash ninety under ninety for uh, franchise first timers. Yep. Do it. Um, please. So we he, get a glimpse of the wolf. Yes. And, yeah. And then the aftermath, John, they're at the scene again. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where you get that, that slap, like that Daniel Plainview slapping Paul Dano in the field. Yeah. It's he. Okay. So this officer named Bo, uh, accidentally lets it slip 
that the killer could be a wolf. And the fucking press van, this is like this cool circular shot all around John where you really get a sense of his uh, chaos and his anxiety really this amping up. This was the uncut gem scene. This is what felt <laughs> most like it to me, yeah. And it really – if you, I watched the trailer twice before I watched this movie and I was like – and it, this the part where he's like, don't all talk to me at once. And I'm like, this is going to be good. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> and they also – You're sitting there like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> They also show the part where he goes, do your job, do your job. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Folks, let me tell you something. Working for Comcast and hearing about technician (laughs) visits from people, I can't tell you how often I've had to mute my phone and scream that about our technicians. Do your job. (laughs) Do your job. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's just like you, you don't know if it's justified with him, like in that scene. It comes later when, with the guy with the telephone pole. Um, but uh, in this particular part, I kind of feel like because I know I'm an anxious person. I, I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say I have an anxiety disorder. I think all three of us probably do here. Yeah. And um, I do. It's, it's really what it feels like to be cornered by everybody at once. Yeah, and and there's not moments where I can't understand his outburst. Like this scene where the do your job scene, he tells the guy, I think, what does he want to do? Pull prints from the phone, right? And um, he's, or something. That's like that. That's later. He's, he, he's, oh. he's just, the press is there, and he's just basically shooting down wolf rumors here. That's oh, all. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking yeah. of the later scene later. where the guy. Where I think he also yells, "Do your job," then to him that's, because the guy's like. <laughs> It's the pole. Like he yeah. tells him to saw down the pole, and he's like, "Do yes. your job." Yeah, yeah. It's like it's one what, of the most. What's the point? What's the point of that? It's just gonna. And he's like, "Oh my fucking god!" And it's kind of. It is like that because I've supervised people before, yeah. and it, it it really is like herding sheep. Don't I don't need to hear it. Just do it. Yeah. Like I mean, you're getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, what were you saying? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Moving on. Okay. Uh, so anyway, he's now, he's starting to drink again. He relapses and he starts drinking again. And this is, things get really out of hand later, but so now it's kind of starting to creep its way up. He gets an apology from Bo after like, it, and the way it was all cut together was it was, it's John at the funeral and like the dad, presumably this big burly bald guy with a beard is yelling at him, being held back by somebody else saying like, why didn't you stop her? And he's like telling him to do his job, basically John. And John, you see on his face, he's visibly like upset by this, as you should be. Yeah. And and it's intercutting with him beating up Bo, like slapping him in the snow privately because Bo let it slip to the press that it could be a wolf. And he does not want that out there at all. So to be fair, though, that was kind of his fault. He was like, what? Shout right. louder. And then you're totally did. right, Mike. And like he fires two people in this movie and one other cop dies. Spoilers. So three yeah. people lose their job in this movie. And yeah, but one of them deserves was, it. Which one? The coroner. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. agreed. Um, did he? But that. He, huh? Well, here's why I think the coroner uh-huh. deserved it. Not because he got it's because he missed like he misread the whole thing. And like not only did he get it, he was cocky, but he got the thing wrong the the guy that's why yeah. I, I really think it was justified but also um, you don't say that shit to your superior in front of everybody <clears throat> is he is he the superior i guess yeah i, mean, yeah, yeah. I guess he's the sheriff at he's that point sheriff. but if uh the thing is like it, 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 this this whole scene here though with bo mm-hmm. it, it's kind of uh james 
are John's fault. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah. What happens subsequently is even Ricky Lindholm, like she knows she's such a good, like emotional sponge that she tries Mm -hmm. to protect Bo by like getting a basket, like a gift basket with, uh, like in conjunction with him to like kind of appease John in a subsequent Mm -hmm. scene. And John immediately fires him, like comically fires him. Mm -hmm. Like I was laughing at that, even though it was so fucking mean of him Mm -hmm. because John is so over the top, like mean. I don't know. You know what the problem with that scene was? Mm-hmm. It'd be one thing if he turned the gift basket down and said, now you're fired. He kept the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where are the turtles? <laughs> <laughs> there Carell would have killed it. Uh, I would have been laughing a hell of a lot more. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Where are the turtles? Oh, man. Very so, good. At this meeting, once it's getting a little redundant, now the other cops are openly saying maybe it was a wolf. Maybe it was a werewolf. Well, and, when the and, wounds and the hair that they find at the scene of the crime are consistent with the wolf. We should you, talk about that. You yeah. got to kind of wonder why. Why is he not thinking it's a werewolf or a wolf? I, I at least a wolf. The, the structure of this movie where it's like someone gets killed. Mayhem. Someone gets killed. More confusion. Mayhem. Someone. The way that you said, like, it's kind of dragging out, I almost felt it added to the comedy, though, for me, because I was like, oh, man, this is just, what is it with this fucking town? Can they figure this out, please? <laughs> I love it, yeah, the dysfunction amongst the yeah. uh, police officers. It's also the fact that, like, it's easy to, like, not think about this because it jumps so quickly from victim to victim, but, like, if this is only happening after full moons, this is happening, like mo- like, a month apart, all of these victims. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Is this wolf? uh, Is this guy following the rules of werewolfdom? It must be. At least, at least once he said they say it was a full moon last night, or like, or they say it was another full moon last night. Chavez does say that once. Well, we're dealing with a human, guys. So I think like he, I would, I think it's safe to say he probably killed when there wasn't a full moon, or was he really like that careful that he does it? That careful. Yeah, he seems like he is that careful. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But um, yeah, he's he's very stressed out. He's drinking again and he gets into another fight this time with uh, Chavez, this other officer who who doesn't like the theory that it's a man. So they're really butting heads there. But uh, I think he's, he's you get the sense this Chavez guy's a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, he, there's a line that he uh I think Ricky Lindholm says she he says, thinks that uh, Men in Black is a documentary. Thank yeah. you. I wouldn't have remembered that. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, so um, basically, what ends up happening here is uh, oh, I think around here he slaps the coroner too, doesn't he? Because the coroner's like, why He's would you solve this? He's slapping everybody. Yes, he does yeah. slap the coroner too. And I say this because this is around the time where the beer bottle hits their car. They're driving, and John and Ricky Lindholm are just chatting, and boom, this beer bottle. This fucking coroner, this Franklin Delano Romanovsky-looking motherfucker. <laughs> or Mark Boone Jr. Yeah, he's like, if him and Mark Boone Jr. had a baby. Um, did you guys think it was, like, it's a little on the nose when he says, who would throw a beer bottle at a cop car? Like, he's very serious when he asks that. Like, they pull I, over. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of, I mean, that's what I like is that at no point does it signal that this is a joke. It makes you stop and think, like, do they know how ridiculous that came out? But, like, it's okay because it makes you laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And then that's when we we finally get uh you know movies do this suspense thrillers they'll they'll show us little hints of who the killer is and the the audience will get hints before the cops do and we think that's what's happening here. This guy that lives in the little trailer home that's doing heroin the whole movie yeah yeah he's got a wolf tattoo I don't know he's got a dog that looks like a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to reference a YouTuber right here, but Dan, you just had such a Danny Gonzalez vibe right there. Oh, he's nice. got a wolf tattoo. I don't know. I don't know. What <laughs> it could be him. Nice. Uh, John and Julia, they go and they question. They go back to Vin Diesel from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> the movie, the butter popcorn, the Aerosmith arcade game, the movie, the movie. So. <laughs> He's moved back with his mom and he's, you know, he's got PTSD. Obviously his girlfriend's dead and they go back to ask him a few questions, like just follow up questions. Like, did you get a sense of the guy's height? And he's like, I didn't see anything like this is he's good. He's like, I've done this 23 fucking times and it sucks every time. Every time. I love that line. It's a good line. Yeah. And And he he, and he says and and his argument is so fucking valid here. They could this could have been done with a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's snowing outside, clearly, like, yeah. it's coming down, like, they drove out there, but th- what's great is, um, he, uh, he has a great line, it's, like, very stylized, at the very end, uh, before they leave, he says, um, do me a favor, like, to Johnny, so I'll, like, shoot the killer mm-hmm. so you can see the ground through his face, but mm-hmm. that's a great line, but as he's doing it, he, he, without looking at the lamp, he just takes a lamp and unplugs it by pulling it away and then wraps mm-hmm. the cord around. It's the, the strangest thing I've ever seen, because <laughs> like, he's not looking at what he's doing at all. <laughs> I think it's And what's the purpose of wrapping the lamp in the first well, place? It's Visual because they're moving. Metaphor. No, they're moving. Oh, the, right. yeah, they're the, moving. the scene they come in, they're moving <laughs> to... The movies. Um, his mom, he says that they have to, to to get away from the trauma of being there. They're moving to California. Right. But, but yeah. it is right. That's great blocking that that shot, Dan, of him grabbing if, it. As if you're angry it. and you're like you're yeah. strangling the, 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 the yeah. neck of the lamp, I guess. I get it. It's just like I thought it was like, OK, it's OK, it's a good way okay. to ruin a lamp. <laughs> OK, we get it with the lamp. and <laughs> Larry David's here. <laughs> Okay. One of one of the only things I remember when I was like uh from the fire guy coming the fireman coming to our school when I was like in first grade uh-huh. was uh him saying don't unplug utility uh, appliances from the cord make sure you do it from the base at the plug that's all I remember <laughs> don't oh unplug man with the cord. Yeah, that's that sounds exactly like the tenor and cadence of a person teaching a class who's not a teacher and isn't in their element. Like because they would always have like policemen and firefighters. All right, kids, I am Officer Dave. (laughs) Mike pointed the board his name. Mike just awkwardly points. Himself. Yeah, some of this physical stuff I do is is lost on our audience. I apologize for that. I remember cops coming by my school in the first grade, and I remember in the first grade, some other kid in the class asked cop, asked the police officer, "Do you guys eat a lot of donuts?" And in my head, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This fucking <laughs> stupid ass." Kid. What did the cop say? He's like, "Yeah, some cops eat donuts." <laughs> Such a non-answer. What a waste of a question. 
And then Jared raised his hand and said, are you guys ever going to kiss the Southside Strangler? Like, seriously, he's been out there for like seven months now, guys. Do your job. Do your job. Man, the way the way that you uh, portrayed that cop, yeah, some cops. It's, it's almost like I got the sense that this man was relieved that he was getting softballs. Like, he did not want to answer. He didn't want to answer the tough questions. Yep. Sometimes. Yep. Some cops eat donuts. Like, yeah. Yep. You're a six-year-old. Like he's relieved that he gets to spend his day doing this instead of like yeah. you know fighting crime. Yeah. <laughs> instead of you know his job. <laughs> Do your job. Do your job. Um, a mother. Okay, so now we meet. Liz Fairchild, and she's brought in for questioning. Now this is where like we get kind of like a montage of questioning. Certain people think they know. It's like Zodiac. Like I know who the Zodiac mm. is. I think it's I think <laughs> it's Paul like Allen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and they, like they kind of roll their eyes at like progressively with each one who comes in. Nothing really seems to be working. And his dad, he finds out his dad, Robert Forrester, he just gets a physical. He walks in the room. The doctor has the stethoscope on, and he's all like. What's the result? He's like, ah, oh, clean bill of health. And the doctor's sure like, health. The doctor's like, heart, heart murmur. murmur. God damn it. <laughs> he loses. <laughs> like, what'd you expect, Robert Forster? What like, did you think was going to happen? That this doctor was going to co-sign on your line of bullshit? <laughs> like, and again, it goes with that stupid fucking thing from like his generation of just like, nope, I'm not going to tell my kids shit right. about what's going on in my life. Like, don't do that. Exactly. Yeah. You got to keep them people filled in because a lot of things, I think that, you know, cause I've got some parents that are getting up, you know, their dad is born in 56, mom, 58. They're still very healthy, but they're getting up there. And, you know, the topics get brought up about like, you know, what if you need me to move back home after I move out? You know, what if something happened? No, we take care of ourselves. The day I need someone to take care of me, shoot me in the head. It's like, okay. Yeah. You can have your pride now, but I'm still going to help out. We, I mean, we dealt with it. it. I dealt with it the most tragically, tragic sure. ways, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I sure know you these did. things. I definitely oh, no, know these I'm, things. I'm, I'm not trying but it's to not a pissing you. contest. You know, I'm sorry. No, but, I'm uh, not, I, didn't, I, really, I didn't, didn't think it was. I was just uh, saying, like, you know, that's my experience with that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. I definitely know the, those feels. Definitely. Yeah. Like, like, and I know Jared does too. Like there's a point in the movie where John says to him, like, like you either like, tell me what's going on or you don't you, I'm a fucking adult now. And you're an adult. Like, and that's kind of how we were with our dad. Like, it's like, you gotta, I don't know. It was very complicated. So I had that same moment of like, I can't do this anymore. You like, you need to tell me like what's going on. Like, yeah, enough is enough. It was complicated. Um, so so ends up uh, his stress once again piles up. Um, people like they think they know who the Wolf Man is, and then his dad on top of that is is talking about ageism. How like him being held back is ageism, you know? Yeah. Nope, it's ageism. You can't <laughs> can't keep me back. Listen, Jackie. Uh, Jackie. Uh, Jackie. Oh. Kelso. Oh, I was doing a uh, Max Cherry Bale Bondsman. And that See, makes sense. Mine made no sense, and it didn't even sound good. Wow. Every every Cut time it I, out. Every <laughs> no double it. Every time I th- every time I think Robert Forster, I want to do a Dennis Farina impression. They're 
they're both Chicago guys. You yeah, know? but like, but you know, Forrester's more down here, and then you know, Dennis Farina's more of a. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He's it's more the Farina Forrester, Quaid Harris or, or Ford, Quaid Ford. Oh, Dennis Quaid and Harrison. Yeah, and Harrison yeah. Ford. The, oh, the, okay. it's the difference okay. in the impression is just the tenor, the the tone of the voice. <laughs> it's it's true. the same thing here. Yeah. Anybody who can do a Harrison Ford can do a Dennis Quaid impression. Yeah. <laughs> That's like if, uh, if I got news for you, if you're good at those uh, Farina impressions, yeah, you can do Forster. What? For just two easy payments in 1995, <laughs> send it in right now. <laughs> I always uh, say that Alan Rickman is just any British accent slowed down to half speed. Right, like like Michael Caine, like you're, yeah. you're just doing Michael Caine and suddenly slow it down. Slow it down to this. There, <laughs> I will listen to you. Hold the a, play button in really hard onto the player. <laughs> it sounds like Here, Alan. here's a fun game for you or anyone at home. Any take any one of our podcasts or maybe any podcast, but obviously ours. And uh, we could use the listen and uh, listen to it at half speed. You sound, we sound drunk. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Guy we do. It's so great. The Jeff Goldblum. Uh, that's right. That's how I commercial. learned how to do the Jeff Goldblum impression. Slow it's it down. So funny, what, what, what do you think the greatest gift of the, of the holidays could be? <laughs> Internet. So it's so funny. <laughs> I I'd say internet. It's <laughs> <laughs> like okay, well then if you could just speed it back up, you got it. Let me um in the movie, the movie. Let yeah. me rewind a little bit here. It's Liz Fairchild, the mom. The reason she goes into questioning amongst all those dummies is she has a really great scene. And speaking of Zodiac, it, it feels very much like that. She's in a restaurant with her baby, and there's a guy who sits at – he could sit anywhere, but he sits right at their table. And you don't – the way it's shot is it, they don't show him, but you see her eye line, and she's clearly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he tries to have a conversation with her, and it gets more and more personal, like that green car out there. That's a nice car, huh? Like where do you, how long have you lived here? like stuff like that and she goes to the counter and she plays it really cool and she says i think i need to use your phone and call the police and then that's when she tells them about the guy at the restaurant so i just wanted to say great scripted moment great line from her when she when the guy asks like uh are you going to be sending her to that school and she says me and my husband will yes she Mm. throws up the verbal red flag if you're a man Mm-hmm. And you're talking to a woman, and a woman is like inserts unnaturally the word husband <laughs> or boyfriend in the conversation. Get the fuck out! You're yep. not wanted there. Leave. Yep. Pretty. Yep. And, and he uh, stays. Yes. He's unfazed. Yeah. He's a creep, and mm-hmm. it's it's handled really well. It's very unnerving. Um. So John begins. So John gets uh, more angry. Go figure. Uh. That's uh, this is where he fights the coroner. You'd think that happened before the beer bottle, but I think it happens after. So anyway, that's what happens. He starts to drink more. Uh, he drinks mouthwash like Mike in our movie. I hate theater, which is a bad <laughs> reference. But <laughs> hey, take don't go down memory lane. Don't go look for it. Yeah, it's, it just chugs I, it. I still like that movie. I don't it's know. got. I'll, I co-sign on it. It has problems, but I enjoy watching it. I don't, you know. I, I'm, I'm glad it's archives on Vimeo. I still watch it like annually. I watch Three Guys One Room too. That I'm fine. I legitimately <laughs> find that shit entertaining. Like I like it. It's good. Yeah. So thank you. anyway, and then thank you. We, yeah, we you're some, welcome. Uh, 
we get to uh, this homeless guy. He's uh, at least we think it is. I think it's just the heroin guy again, though. He's burning a dead body on a pile of wood outside in his backyard. Yeah. Yeah. And he also has a dog that looks very much like a wolf, too. I don't know if we brought that up. So there's just it almost feels too much like a red herring. Right. You know, but it could just be a poorly written movie. You're wondering, is this poorly written or is this like just like a good twist? I think the fact that they made it such an obvious red herring almost made me go. No, there's no way it's not. They wouldn't do an obvious red herring. Like, like it almost like made me think too much and trick my own head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's around here mm-hmm. where uh, I think it's where John starts to investigate like records. I think he goes to the library too, and uh, there's a funny moment where the librarian wakes him up. And he says, "This Fuck is my you. favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> this is my favorite scene because he's having a nightmare, uh-huh. which is a very well edited nightmare. Actually, the mm-hmm. way it's shot felt like a nightmare to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear the his name being called in the background, John, John. And then on the third or fourth one, it's John, and he jumps up and he wakes up and oh. And you see this old sweet guy, like the librarian, you know, <laughs> glasses with the chain around his neck. Very, right. very. And he just looks right at him and goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he does this very, very cool, well-delivered, like awkward thing where he's just like, no, 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 it's fine. Thank you. Thank you. But in the future. And I'm like, I can't. Like, it, like he's very, he's being aggressively right. Next nice. Next time, if that was yeah. a different officer, not me, they would have shot you. Like he, I like wouldn't he do that. Hides but behind so, professionalism, but really, yes. he's just. So yeah, asshole. you got re- you got real lucky here today. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. You know who would? But, but he, I like the line about next time, and a person with a gun asked to read all your spooky books. Maybe yeah. Sneak up. <laughs> yeah. Spooky <laughs> books. You know who would have crushed it? I think in this role. Now that you you, you a light bulb went mm. off. Ben Stiller. <laughs> Yeah, that is a oh my god, that's a Ben Stiller line. Maybe when you're gonna give me all the spooky books, you know, maybe don't sneak up on me. I don't know. Um, with I don't know. Eyes, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. Hey, (laughs) all right. You're just swimming in the water, doggy paddling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey. Um, around here, uh, this is where there's like a curfew that happens because we find out that there's a guy who called like the restaurant looking for the mom. And then, right. inevitably that mom ends up dying, by the way. Uh, I think yeah. it, like there's a it's in, she's in her car and she pulls over maybe to help somebody and that's when it happens. I think it's on the road at night, right? Yeah, she thinks she sees like smoke or something. She's it's it's not really clear what she sees, but she thinks she sees something that she needs to investigate before driving further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that they shove it in your face what it is she thinks she sees, but she steps out of the car and she's toast on bread or toast on jam, <laughs> jam on toast. <laughs> yeah, toast on bread. I love it. Um, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, I've been watching a lot of the nanny lately. <laughs> Why? <laughs> By choice. The nanny. 
because Fran Drescher is a hot and actually. Oh, I have never watched an episode of The Nanny, my friends. Should I check it out? Jer, it does not count for franchise first time. No, no, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But is it should, should you Jared? watch the nanny? I oh god, we should you watch the nanny? We had a choice. Like when we were Look, like 13, 15 at ten I, o'clock at night, you know. I will, and for good. me, I would lump nanny in there with like. I, I'm not the biggest Frasier fan, but like Frasier, Third Rock, um, <laughs> oh. those kinds of like. Those kinds of sitcoms were like, they're totally fine when they're like in syndication. Yeah, when they're like between, if you're waiting for something or there's nothing else on or you want to like we're watch. We're enjoying it. It's if you're like, I want to watch cleansing. a series like as something before bed, I'll watch a couple episodes of something. Yeah, you can um, watch it. But don't like actively sit down and be like, I want to, I want to, I really want to see what happens. That's, that's, what, that's what we're nanny. doing. <laughs> but they're like uh, f- fast food sitcoms then. They yeah. taste good going down. There's yeah. not much substance there, but you enjoy them once in a while. We like watched that. this movie, and then I was like, we need to watch a nanny as a palate cleanser. But cool. like, part, part of it for me is like, I got it. We both, I think we both, me and Katie, have a crush on uh, Fran Drescher. So we're just like hearts in our Ooh, eyes. That's, that's, watch the nanny. That's I have fine. a crush that's a totally on different I, reason. Yeah, I have a crush on Mr. Sheffield. He's yeah, he's a stud too. I, I don't know. Uh, he's the only character from the nanny I know. So <laughs> I just wanted to say. <laughs> what about Niles the butler? He's funny. I don't know. Is I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out. And Fresh Prince. Like that's yeah. a good butler. Him versus Jeffrey on Fresh Prince. That's a good butler off. Oh, yeah. I but like Mr. Jeffrey. Belvedere would what mop the <laughs> both of them. <laughs> yeah, but the Jeffrey China, was baby. cool because Jeffrey's whole shtick was he was just basically like, I don't have time for this shit. Like he just didn't care. Wait, who <laughs> was that? He wasn't African. He was, he was yeah, British. He was British. Are you sure? Oh, he's British. I okay, I don't have time for this shit. There we go. Yeah, I thought he was African. <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Belvedere would mop the floor with both of them, but then Tony Danza would come in and he'd be like, who, who wants to fight? And then, like, nobody would want to fight. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. I want my bicep. Angela. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so, Whoa. back to I, the movie, yeah, right? Yeah. Back. Yeah, to where the, the fuck are we? Yeah, the curfew's into effect. Okay. Yep. His daughter. Is, is sneaking out. She's going to go. She's got a boyfriend and she's going to go visit him. And they're like, they can't wait to get they can't find shelter. So they just do it in his truck parked outside. But in a very well lit alley. This is like these fucking stupid ass teenagers. Even I was smart enough to go to a. Well, it still didn't work out from. Never mind. Get Can I just there. say, let me just be a dick real quick. I don't know what she sees in this guy because all you hear this entire scene when she's trying to have sex with him is he's like, no, stop it. An adult will see us like he's doing the most. Yeah. He's doing <laughs> what I would have done it. in that situation, which is yeah. just like, oh, man, you got to get out of what the hell do I know, but you got to get down <laughs> in that situation. No, not when there's like a fucking street light. A, like right above your car, <laughs> right parked under the street. Yeah, it's like, quite risky for like we I, for someone who's done it in a car before. Like, just just keeping it um together is uh so to speak is is a challenge enough when like, you're you feel so exposed. Here's the thing about car sex: the mechanics of it like are are more difficult than regular sex. And it becomes more about, like, can we actually finish this? It's not about the pleasure at any point. It's right, like, it's can we actually get race. through this whole act? Yeah. Oh, wow, this is this is a uh, this is a lesson I never thought I'd need. <laughs> it depends where you are. I've, I've done it three times in a car. Okay. 
Yeah. There front you seat, go. Back no, thank seat, you. Front seat, back seat. Oh, uh, back seat every oh. time. I, uh, I I don't think I've ever done it in the front unless you're and getting. And I meant the, what part of the car? I wasn't being a fucking. Oh no no no! <laughs> you do it in the butt or. <laughs> <laughs> Condom, no condom, or like what? What are we talking? Oh about? my God! Come on, I need deeds, <laughs> Mr. Deeds. Uh, so anyway, they're happens? they're trying to get down to clown. In the yeah, car. there's a yeah. the neighbor is like pointing, and and the girl sees it, and she's like, "What?" And she sees that the neighbor's pointing. Like, look, and they think that she's pointing at them, but instead mm-hmm. it's the wolf outside their it's car. It's a cool shot. It's straight out the window, and you just see it come from out of focus in running up at the car and smash it it's cool so i like to imagine that this lady is sitting there staring at them from her house (laughs) into it into it and then she's like oh shit and then she like starts banging on like no this is gonna ruin it for all of us yes she was gonna finish too yeah and then like fucking the wolf had to ruin i just like to picture i don't even picture her like getting off on it i just like to picture her standing there looking at them for like (laughs) 10 minutes not even flicking the bean just the arms at her side just looking out the window just like that uh shot in the office when ryan uh (laughs) michael is watching him through his office window that's great (laughs) yep um Fucking, fucking, motherfucking! Oh, this is pretty bold for the the killer. Spoilers, guys. This is a guy dressed in a wolf costume. This isn't yeah. a real werewolf. It's pretty bold of him to go on a suburban block and terrorize a fucking truck like he does. I know, uh, right? Because yeah. there's, it's not like they're in a secluded area, but he does not give a shit. No, I think he figures because he's full costume that yeah, he's in full regalia. He's so, a furry. Yeah. <laughs> there are literally dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. I'm, I'm not a furry. <laughs> if, if you are, I wouldn't shame you for that. Uh, um, I kind of wish I was. It it give me it some seems kind of fun. identity, which I feel like I have none of right now. <laughs> <laughs> not to get too off topic, but there's a great internet historian video about the furry con that they had at the Hilton that went disastrous i'm gonna watch <laughs> it's so great. it's so great all right anyway they get attacked by the wolf and then john like this is great because the preceding scene is all the cops like it's it's like we're getting to the third act so you think that all the cops are gonna like crack down and like get to their you know the, to right. the wolf well lock and load robert forrester gives them a little speech before he has to sit down and say i have to sit this out i, I i'm i have a heart well, he's, to- he's told to sit this out by by john like he's he's he wants to go and he's like no enough like i can't do this because he like immediately collapses after the big speech that's right but and, he does yeah. you do, you can just see in the eyes though that he is coming to accept that too. yeah it's not yeah. he's not resisting it at this point yeah and unfortunately, he has to go to the hospital, and that's where he remains for the rest of his performance. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the cops uh, are all going to converge on what they what like they have a plan. It seems like let's go, go, go. And then what's so great is as the wolf is attacking the daughter and the boyfriend, they 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 radio into the cops, and John is sleeping in his car, isn't he? Like he is. <laughs> it's so no, no, it's, no, no, it's, no, no, no. He no? was resting his eyes. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> But either like they're like go, and then he just sits in a parked car and just like (laughs) he like wakes up and just takes off immediately. That's their idea of gusto. Yeah, (laughs) car to sleep. All right, guys, break. Cut to a nap. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so they get attacked, and then John pulls up at the nick of time, and the wolf is standing on the roof of the car, and mm-hmm. he starts opening fire. It's a pretty gnarly scene, and the wolf, quote unquote, runs away. And mm-hmm. he would get it, but the, yeah, that's his daughter there, so he has to tend to her and chew her out, basically. Like, he doesn't even really ask how she's doing, and she calls him out on this in her underwear. Yeah. And, this uh, is a good scene where I see both yeah. sides, though. Yeah. Because when she says, aren't you going to even ask if I, uh, I'm okay? And he says, no. At first, I was like, oh, dick. But then he explains why. He's like, right. You're supposed to be at home. You're th-. And I'm like, yeah. No. You know what? <laughs> She's clearly fine. She's sitting up talking. No, I'm not going to coddle you. But then when she explains after this she goes into the speech about how this is not an isolated incident he's never said good job congratulations she stared at the back of his head for 17 years and i kind of got her side of it too so i liked the way this scene played out a lot i did too she's like take me to the hospital like i'm i'm bleeding so like they have to go and she gets a bed right next to robert forrester um, and it's the, the most rewindable scene in the movie happens here where he goes to the boyfriend's house and, and the pepper spray and the milk, like, cause it happens so fast. What you don't is know he what wearing? Is he's wearing like a fabric cloth lampshade around his face. <laughs> right. So like, so basically what happens is, and this is pretty fucking clever of John. He takes her yeah. finger while she's sleeping at the hospital, puts it on the guard on her phone to unlock it. And then looks through her text, goes to the boyfriend's house. And this is the most sudden quick scene. Like you've seen this in true detective with Woody Harrelson, like done better. This is so rushed. He wears, Wears like a shirt tied around his head, confronts the quote unquote confronts him, like beats him up basically briefly. Uh-huh. And then the mom comes in and sprays pepper spray in both of their faces accidentally. And he has to dump milk. And she's like, why is he here? Like, I know who that guy is. He's the cops. Why is he here? And that's how the scene ends. And you're like, what just happened in this movie? I think this is up there. My top three movies where somebody busts into a house to confront someone the first is this there's this there's woody harrelson in true True detective Detective. when he goes to alexandria daddario's house Mm -hmm. and the other one is mulholland drive where um, billy ray cyrus screwing that dude's wife justin thoreau comes in and he just like very calmly he just sees him Uh looks at her looks at him grabs her jewelry, yep. takes it into the garage and calmly opens a can of paint and just, <laughs> just starts putting it, it in the paint. And Billy Ray Cyrus punches him. <laughs> hey, that's no way to treat a lady, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, um, so anyway, the, the, like, so things are getting bad, even worse for John. He's drinking more. He gets banned from his a, his program meetings. And which I is thought, ba- if you get banned yeah. from a meeting... No, you can get turned away because there you can always find another one. But He's drinking. Is that why they turn him away? Like, if you're considered a threat to the harmony of the group, they'll turn you away because they okay. they have to make sure that they're for the greater good, running productive meetings. And yeah. if he's having emotional outbursts, no. If you're drinking, they want you to come to a meeting because okay. they want to work with you to try to get you to stop. It's not that. It's because he's creating because he's a fucking asshole yeah like a dick to everybody yeah like it so you can show up to an aa meeting wasted and that's okay like i know it's not okay but no no no. it's you can Mm -hmm. but they ask that you stay quiet okay and just listen the best you can and try to retain as much as you can okay 
Um, so he, they kick him out and like it, it, what should be a tragic scene is really like funny because he plays it like Will Ferrell dad. He's all like, like I said earlier, he's all like, tell your wife to print out her posts and sit on him. And then like, he's like, I'm going to go. Cause like, he's scared. It is, it is. And he has another moment like that earlier in the film with his dad, when they're in the conference room. And his his dad says, like, all right, I'll leave, but you need to get control of this shit and stuff. And he's like, okay, sir, thank you, sir. And then Robert Forster is this moment where he kind of, like, pushes his head in his face. And you see him, like, back away for a second, like, (laughs) oh. Okay, so you can tell there's these moments where he shows these, like, chinks in his armor, you know? Exactly. I do that too. Like I talk, sometimes I'll talk a good game and then like someone will challenge me and I'll be like, I didn't say anything. What? I don't really want to fight. I just wanted to talk shit. I mean, there's a difference. Yeah. I just yeah. want to blow up and have you hear it and, and right. Whatever. Basically. Cause it's never anything. about an urge to fight. It's about trying to get your point across and you feel like you can't. So you got to yeah. do it louder and angrier. or maybe people will listen. You know, yeah. or you do the thing where you have to like you're still in the middle of it and you have to do a quick angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, a, it's the Chinese finger cuffs. The harder you struggle, the worse it gets because <laughs> you try to get angrier and angrier and hammer it into people because they're yeah. not listening in the first place. But all that does is make them listen less and they back away. And it's like then you get madder. And it's like, I know it sucks. I know. <laughs> He he's so he's doing much worse. And like this is kind of a whole montage before things finally come to a head of him drinking. Like mm-hmm. I, I have to read this here in the plot synopsis where he apparently after his uh, dad dies, Robert Forster mm-hmm. dies from heart complications. He's banned from the meetings. He goes he parks his car in the middle of the road and punches himself until his teeth begin to fall he, out. He, he did. He so when he wakes up in the library or not in the library, in the police station, he sleeps uh-huh. there. The the lady comes in. She he says, pulls you parked, the in the, you yeah. parked in the middle of the street, honey. And she and uh, she she was like, are you OK? Did you get in a fight? And he's like, no, I did myself. And then he. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we don't see the punches like fight club stuff. No, it's inferred. <laughs> It, okay. No, it's not liar liar in the bathroom. With no, it's <laughs> okay. It's not that. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering about the teeth, like, and you know, I thought that was just a bombackian move, if I can coin that term, like where you just throw like a curveball just slightly in your scene to kind of jar the audience. That tooth, I thought, was the bombackian uh, part of it. You know. What's interesting is like that he did this because I thought that was something. I mean, obviously, more than that's a thing when alcoholics get drunk. Because I used to do that to myself, too. I gave myself a black eye one time. I woke up with a really bad black eye and a busted um, vein in my nose. And my nose was bleeding all day. And my eye was black. And my parents were like, what what happened? And I didn't want to tell them what happened. So I told them I got in a bar fight. But what really happened was that I was angry at myself and at the world. And I was drunk to boot. Mm-hmm. So I'd start, I like three swift punches to my right eye and yeah. So I guess that is a thing. I, 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 I've, I have hit myself without yeah. the alcohol, not punching yeah. myself in the face, but I've definitely mm-hmm. like hit my own head out of Self-abuse. anger at myself. Yeah. yeah. So we all in. got problems. We here all got issues. Ain't nobody getting through this world unharmed. That's Trust true. me. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody getting through this world unharmed. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, but uh, during... so yeah, but that's what that's in reference to is when he wakes up and she's like, you got know, like, you, you got bruises, and he says, I did to myself, and then she's like, you're parked in the middle of the street, honey. Yeah, there's <laughs> a, okay, that makes sense. And then yeah. like he, his daughter catches him passed out, and he says he mm. crashed his car into a column like on purpose because he was so angry. Right. And she slaps him in the face. Because he was mad at the column for getting in his way, basically. Which is, I have you been there? Because I have. Yes, I've I been have. there. It's like, and it's it's an irrational. You know, yeah. see, you know that it's irrational. You know mm-hmm. it's stupid, but it doesn't change your feelings on it. You I still know. feel that way. There was a little hole in my wall, and I was like, "Oh, there's a little hole," and I was so mad, I made it bigger when, like, mm-hmm. just like a few months ago. Like mm-hmm. that, because at the well, moment I was so mad, you know. Watch any gamer rage compilation of pe- on you know of people smashing their keyboards or controllers and immediately regretting it. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. It, oh it, shit, it, mom! Yeah. <laughs> mom. <laughs> I spent two hundred dollars on this fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mom. Mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> so oh, no. that's what it is, you know. You do it and you regret it. Yep. You know why you did it. You knew it was stupid before yep. you did it. And you did it like, anyway. Those are like crimes of passion, you know. Yeah. Like, it's 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 dangerous. Um, what happens is next is is crazy, and I I'm mm-hmm. sure this happened has happened to a lot of alcoholics is mm-hmm. with the oven, the stove when he falls on the door, uh-huh. and he breaks the glass because he passes <gasps> out on that. Oh that yeah. Was, Awesome. I know that's like sad, but it was awesome. Like, well, it, 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 it's level. good. It's good filmmaking to see it portrayed that way. So, because it had yeah. impact that scene. Yeah, it was a great scene. And yeah, it's, you know, I've fallen through a lot of stuff. <laughs> Shit, have you? Like a table? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Oh my god. When, I remember when we were like living in Midlothian with mom, uh-huh. and uh, I was in the basement in my room, and I heard glass smash and i came upstairs and just like i mean she was on the couch yeah but because i came up a few minutes later so i don't know what had actually happened but it was like a bunch of which is so interesting about oven doors they must be made to shatter into all these (laughs) tiny little shards of glass i think it's it's tempered for the heat yeah probably but yeah it was like like the whole oven door like i honestly i thought it had maybe exploded because i didn't know anything I was worried about it. We called the fire department because mom was like just drunk enough to be like, yeah, we should call the fire department and see if there's a problem rather than just like, oh, I broke the oven door. Yeah. I don't think she fell on it. I think she threw something at it, but shit. I don't remember that. I blocked it out. I'll I'll tell you (laughs) my story real quick if y'all don't mind. Sure. I don't want to get too off track, but real quick. I was at a motel. So I was kicked out of the house. I had enough money to get a motel. It was always, that was always my thing. I was either in rehab or hospital, in jail, on the streets, or had enough for a motel. And I remember I got so drunk one night that I actually, like, I fell asleep. But then I woke up with a start at, like, sometime late at night, early morning in the motel room. And I had to vomit so bad. And I was so dizzy and drunk and I couldn't make it to the bathroom. So I tried running to the bathroom, Mm. ended up starting to vomit on the way there, tripped, fell on one of those like chairs, like wooden chairs they have in the little game tables in the motel room, fell on the chair, woke up with the chair, just smashed under my weight. Yeah. Just just crashed right through it. Yeah. And I hurt so bad. I was 
picking wood splinters out of my Ooh. chest for the next week. Yeah. Fuck oh. me. <laughs> Fuck me. So Jesus this is why Christ. we're not drinkers. Uh, drinkers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. And, and I'm about to May is going to be this May or coming May next year is going to be 10 years. Wow. Now. Nice. Congratulations. No, no booze. Yep. That's great. That's great. Um, Unfortunately, John is in the weeds here. Yes, <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's not doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, but what happens after his little breakdown? He like what happens? He cries in front of his daughter, and she cries. And, and she it's cries. It's a hard scene. Oh this, yeah. See yeah. again, this is where we we cross the line of this isn't funny anymore. Like right. this, like I wish that they wouldn't have gone this. Oh, this I, I like hardcore it. With, well, I, let me re, let me step back. I wish they would. I wish they wouldn't have gone this hardcore with it if it's a comedy. Like, I, you know, I, this is, like, totally fine, but, like, I almost would have wished that there was no comedy and that they just... Uh, I think maybe straight. we'll relabel yeah. the genre here as horror dramedy, because it kind yeah. of is, like, yeah. a horror dramedy. Or yeah. just don't label it at all, man. It's just <laughs> genreless, man. It's free-flowing. Let uh, it fly. Yeah, it's like it's like there's 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 um tonal shifts that happen mm-hmm. in in these kinds of ex- which uh, not experiments, it's sort of experimental, sure. Mm, uh, I hate to sound like a film student, but that's how life is. But it's true. That's <laughs> how life shifts. is. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, so he, yeah, they cry and like he kind of what happens in these in this scene with her? Like basically, he says, "Oh, he promised." Uh, Oh, uh, I gotta say, I'm sorry. The guy that he, one of the cops, I think it was, uh, what was his name? The dude with the mustache. Who cares yeah, the, what his the, name was? The mustache guy, uh, Chavez. He, uh-huh, Chavez, yes. During the scene where his daughter gets attacked, the wolf runs off, right? And you hear gunshots. Yeah. And then in the subsequent scene, you see a body parts in a trash can, and it's Chavez's head yes. and his legs and stuff. So the wolf got to him. And John. Yes. That's what really triggers John to drink and go crazy and 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 so basically um, yeah he uh, I'm sorry I lost track here no it's okay yeah so she the daughter comes scene, home and the guilt of it all causes him to cry and and right yeah. and you're and, right though that scene with Chavez that was one thing I wish they had expanded on more because you have a semi main character getting killed off or at least a supporting player and I would have liked to know a little bit more about. Because it felt separated, like there wasn't too much yeah, it's explanation. Kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's understated, and yeah, they find. Uh, so so what happens at the end of all this? All of John's mm-hmm. breakdown, all this. We go back to that guy with the wolf tattoo, the heroin guy. He shoots exactly, up exactly because he ends up dying. Yep. yep. One last time, he falls out of the the door of his trailer halfway. Trailer. So he's mm-hmm. fucked. Uh, yeah. And they find his body the next morning, and the police the, – Ricky goes to John and says, we found the guy. Like, yeah. we got him. Mm-hmm. And the coroner, Mark Boone Jr. slash uh, uh, the guy oh, from oh, Rich. Ja- <laughs> uh, Fre- oh, uh, Frederick – or Franklin Delano Rose- Romanovsky from yeah. Seinfeld. Yep. He, the cor- Mike McShane? <laughs> yeah. The, the fat dude with the mole on his head. <laughs> ah, Mike McShane. Yeah. Um, he, I forgot who you were talking about earlier. Oh, okay. Right. You're the snowball guy. I was thinking of uh <laughs> of the of the cable guy who was in who was also in Twin Peaks, and I was getting my my faces mixed up. Oh, from Seinfeld, who chases Kramer on the oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, see. yeah. Yep. What was um, his name? He had a, a 
strange name like that too, didn't he? Or maybe he didn't have a name in there. I don't know. Between movie titles and character names, Seinfeld always had the weirdest. <laughs> yeah. The best. <laughs> the, the best. That and Ace Ventura. Movie. Yeah. Aguado, yeah. Roger Pedactor. Not to mention Ace Ventura. Yeah. Uh, Einhorn. Einhorn. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so the coroner here, he basically in front of everybody says he insults John and he says, "My six-year-old daughter could have solved this. This wolf tattoo guy is clearly the one who did it." And then John, like right there in the moment, because he's not the worst cop, says, "You threw the beer bottle at our car, didn't mm-hmm. you?" And he's so taken aback. He's such a shitty liar that the coroner clearly did it. You just see it on his face. Yeah. I don't he, get how he put that together though. I don't really know either. I just think in his anger in the moment, he's just searching for something to hit him with. And then he maybe reached for it and got it. I don't know, man. Mm. But it worked for me because I wanted to see that corner get it so badly. You know what? It could be one of those things where they don't explain this, but maybe he – I don't know. Actually, I don't know, but it worked. You're right. I liked that scene. Somehow it works for me. He's like he calls him out. Yeah, he, he has a whole Sherlock Holmes moment. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and he fires the corner, so that's the second guy he's oh. fired in this movie. Like, yeah. And uh, so he's all like, tell your daughter that she's going to have trouble making friends at a new school because her daddy's going to be fired. Like, that's how he phrases that shit. Well, this corner's a dick. Yeah, though. he I deserved mean, it. Fine, he deserves it, yeah. And this yeah. is, I love this ending here. Like, you think the whole thing's wrapped up mm-hmm. and, like, and I love when this happens in movies. It's not quite because and, – and, and married with this where they have to – the drama of them having to redistribute the evidence from the the case back to the families of the victims and get spit on and insulted. Why didn't you save them? Like that's really tough. That's rich like mm-hmm. with drama. Meanwhile, the, we find out that the killer is, is still out there, and we find it very suddenly like in the last five minutes of the movie. So what happens here, guys? He's like, returning the evidence. So two things happen. First, uh, Ricky Ticky Tavi uh, goes to. <laughs> there is a Ricky Ticky Tavi yeah, reference in this. There is actually, which yeah. is funny. But Ricky Lynn Holmes' character goes to. Um, she gets a call from um, PJ, Vin the Diesel. guy from the beginning. <laughs> Vin Diesel. And he said that they, you know, thought you know, that they had gotten everything when they came over, but I guess that they left a uh, needle that looks like, you know, it's a, a so a stitch seam puller, yeah. seam puller, stitch cutter or whatever, but um, used for taxidermy. And she kind of starts putting two, two, two and two together. And she realizes, Oh shit. Um, there's only one taxidermist in town. And at the same time that she's realizing this, we see, um, uh, um, I'm getting the names. The... It's it's Jane, John Marshall. I keep wanting to call him um, come, um, his real name, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings. But, yeah. uh, John Marshall goes to the taxidermist house to return evidence because he mm-hmm. had evidence from them too. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what ended up happening was that they um, either returned. This is one thing I didn't get. They either returned that needle to the wrong house, or it was there from it was at the first crime scene yeah from when she got killed you know Mm -hmm. that could have been it i think that might be it because there was blood on it there was yeah so and but as he's talking to him he starts getting some information from this guy as well because the guy tells him he asks about his daughter and why would this guy know he has a daughter 
Right. So he's inside. He invites him in for a, a yes. coffee, a spiked coffee, even though he's in recovery. And he's like, I'd love some. And he takes his cup. And he's very tall Paul Shear. <laughs> That's who this guy is. Without <laughs> he reminds me of the giant from Twin Peaks. It is <laughs> happening again. Yeah, that's this guy. Lurch. And he, you should, he, when he's in the doorway, he, he hunches. He doesn't want to show how tall he is. Right. And, and he, and he invites him in and immediately goes in the kitchen and sits down too. Cause again, he doesn't want to show how tall he is. So do you yeah. think that like, this is uh, him standing on something or did they, they put out a casting call? We need a slender man, a really tall guy. <laughs> slender yeah. man. They just build a tiny house for these. Shots. Yeah. <laughs> Force perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Many feet away from this guy. <laughs> like the Hobbit. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's great. No, I here's the I love scenes like this. I love see like um have you seen Prisoners? Yes, I love Prisoners. The ending of Prisoners is a lot like this. Yeah. You think everything's wrapped up, spoilers for prisoners, and then he goes to a house and you think, Oh, I'm just gonna sign off on this last thing. No no no, I'm in the belly of the fucking beast right now. Like it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's wonderful. And this guy It's kinda like that moment in Zodiac too, speaking of Gyllenhaal, where yeah. he's in the janitor's house. And that's a little less confusing. Charles Fleischer, yeah. Same uh, feel though. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Gyllenhaal, he could have done this role too. He's got yeah. comedy chops. Oh and yeah, yeah. Chops. I could yeah. see him doing this. Cause, yeah. Because Jim well, Cummings is a lot like his character in Prisoners. Like he's a yeah. Least... Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say this is uh, this is a great time to announce that we are gonna have a new uh, uh, spinoff show on Patreon called Recasting the Wolf of Snow Hollow, <laughs> where every week we talk about who would have done a better job. Why not? Spe- not not recasting specifically an entire yep. multiple episode series about recasting the wolf of snow hollow it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be uh weekly we're gonna do it more frequently than the franchise show and when we run out we're doing called, the wolf of wall street after that yeah and it's so. called the wolf of snow hulo <laughs> oh like Hulu? like yeah perfect that you know what market it come up with the graphic design you i'll be there it, i'll i'll slap it on a plastic lunchbox and I'll let's ask, sell it i'll ask micah to write a theme song for it it'll be fine yeah yeah it'll be great um so yeah so john's here and he's finding out and it's great because he's he, the wheels are turning in his head and paul asks about his daughter and i had to go back and read about this the reason that john figures this out is because the only reason that this guy would know about his daughter is if he was at the last scene where right. his daughter was he, attacked he doesn't know this guy right you know like he's they're not like friends like he's really hasn't really met him at all before this case so why and, would he know and also, sorry, I didn't mean to. to no, that's cool. That was pretty much like, my whole point. But also, I didn't. I had to read this too. But the guy in his—he's in previous scenes. Like he's—he kind of there, like this this taxidermist guy. And he brings up a wife in his scenes. And in this scene, he openly tells John, "I don't have a wife." So like something doesn't add up. And John knows that. He did say I didn't have a wife. Is this is this one of those like I got to go buy taxidermy? That's like real subtle. That's in the movie. Um, with the wife yeah thing, yeah yeah remember. exactly okay. exactly it's like a little hints like a little retroactive okay. hints but um john's like i love his like he goes yeah i'm gonna go like he's just like like kind of like very midwestern about it yeah like yeah. so thanks for having me and he he steps outside and like he hesitates for a minute and then he goes back to the door 
and he and the guy's like, is there a problem? He's like, uh, just a couple things you said just kind of threw me for a loop. But do you mind standing at your full height? And that's when the guy realizes that he's fucked. He does stand up and then he just slams the door and it gets intense real quick. Yeah, and you know what I like, though, I'm glad that they didn't have that moment of flashback, yeah. like where he walks outside and they have a flashback of like like the scene where he's like i don't have a wife and then like another scene yeah. that's not it's even like in shaky the movie. cam that goes to the ground up to his face real yeah quickly. and then like another scene that's not even in the movie that they created for flashback purposes of him and his daughter talking and i'm like i know you've never met the taxidermist in this town like they make up a scene like in saw shit yeah yeah, that that franchise saw is filled with nothing but those scenes like yeah. in the sequels with flash because you got to make sure yeah that the twist is just shoved <laughs> down your throat as much as possible yeah and, and, I, and so i can respect that this movie didn't do that crap which is right. good it's smarter I, I do think that a really tall dude isn't the best evidence for this guy's the guy who killed everybody that we thought well, that and the, the wife and the case. daughter. And, and the, the fact that he, like, after he stood up, he slams the door on his face. Yeah, well, that guy, good that didn't help his own case. Right, yeah. I get what you're saying, Jared. Like, maybe for John's perspective, because he didn't know about the seam thing yet. All he has to go off of is the inconsistency about the wife, the question about the daughter, and how tall he is. And that's, yeah. like, tension, tension, tension. So he calls for it's backup. It's a small town, though. The yeah. number of suspects is small. I, so I, that's not to say that it didn't work for me because it did. I yeah. I'll give this movie I'm giving this movie like a nine out of ten. That's how much mm-hmm. I dug this movie. Um, John calls for backup. Nobody fucking answers. He crashes through the window to get to this guy Paul. <laughs> With, and it's funny because you're supposed to get the sense that he took the garbage can and smashed the window with it. But it just looked like he had a garbage can under his arm and then tackled through the window with it in his arm. Yeah, it does look like that. And yeah, it's enough, funny. This killer guy is named Paul, and he looks like tall Paul Shear without yeah. the gap teeth. And, or um, he looks like a new character we created called Tall Shear. Tall, and it's yeah, just this tall. guy with a really tall guy with like a nice big gap in his teeth and... I He's really, funny. I wish Paul Shearer played this guy's. Yeah, come on in. So like, no, I never said I was married. Is your <laughs> like, daughter yeah, going to college this year? Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. I love him um, at the end so of that episode. He's on the boat and he's getting away. And he's all like, that's a word I completely made up. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't exist in any dictionary. <laughs> He'll kaboom for a day, but if you teach a man to kaboom, 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 kaboom. This is why I love this podcast. I came to the table with just like, oh, he has a gap in his teeth, because that's all I know about Paul Shear. And Dan comes in with just a top-notch, 24-karat <laughs> gold impression of somebody that I wouldn't even begin to know how to do an impression of. Well, I thought Jared did a better Paul Shear, to be fair, which is usually there, the there, case. There, I, I, you know what? You both did it great, because I would have my eyes squinted from laughing, so if you were both <laughs> doing them, news to me, because I just heard one voice there. Thanks. Um, so he, there's a big chase between Paul Tall Shear and uh, and John. 
And he's all he get, he lets out a growl after he kicks. Uh, he ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this snowy woods uh, fight it reminds me of the uh battle between um to ray and kylo ray and kylo in oh, the woods yeah yeah and, i thought you were gonna say the yellow king or yeah the yellow king and uh at uh, carcosa because i got that it does vibe. a bit but the snow makes it star wars for me yeah because gotcha. I, I was like oh man i just i thought it'd be funny if like universes were conflated and you just saw them in the background <laughs> fighting during this yeah there's a shared universe kind of like in the pit in mortal Kombat part two where you're fighting <laughs> but you see another you see bridge where back? dudes lit another dude on fire so there's a whole world going on here you know i watched but a there's video. not a lot of action going on in the back there because they're just standing there while this guy's on fire like do right. something. I, I always like to think that that guy just performed a fatality on the other guy and he's I, just like standing there waiting for the guy to burn that, i just watched a video it was like mortal Kombat iceberg and it was like all the, like the rumors and stuff and they like they got into that in the background in mortal Kombat 2 and i think it was supposed to be a fatality for scorpion because of the fire uh-huh. yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it didn't make it in the game i think i don't know mm-hmm. that, I... I watched it Dude, those iceberg videos, Super Mario 64 iceberg, seven and a half hours. That was Wait, a fun God. Saturday. What? What? Are, what yeah. are these things? I want to know what these an, things are. It's an internet thing. Like basically, it looks like an iceberg, and at the top is the most obvious of rumors. Like if there's a Mountain Dew iceberg, let's say the third level is like pitch black because it's kind of rare. But if you go lower on the iceberg, it's like flavors that you might have heard in passing. Like you remember, like there's like rumors about cheat codes in games that never existed growing yeah. up. Those yeah. are iceberg like bottom of the iceberg type of cheats so like, like the yeah. the nude lara croft exactly right like, like if you iceberg. if you for, yes like for okay. example i watched like the mario one mm-hmm. like tip right tip of the iceberg or maybe layer two is the l is real sign on the star right. statue mm-hmm. but then you start going deeper yeah. and like base of the iceberg is like bowser's bisexual cousin that was cut from the game <laughs> his or like wife is like mid- shit his wow. wife is like mid iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to have to. <laughs> so I don't have seven and a half hours, but I, <laughs> I certainly want to uh, watch some of these in piecemeal. Yeah, they're awesome. Yep. And so anyway, there, there's a big chase in the woods mm-hmm. and Paul stabs John in the stomach. And you think John's like done for. Right. And that's when Ricky Lindholm comes in and lights him up and mm-hmm. shoots him in the back. He falls and he like he like he gets in a defensive pose and John puts like five in his fucking head because he, he told PJ his, to shoot him. Your PJ told him to shoot him till he can see the ground through his face. That's so right. Five shots, yep. And uh, he kills him obviously. And uh, he thinks about his dad once more. He's in a haze. He's he's like not doing so well obviously. And uh, he survives though. It's a couple mm-hmm. months later. He's seeing his daughter off to college. She got that gymnastics uh, scholarship, I assume. Yes, and Ricky Lindholm has been promoted to sheriff. And uh, this is a little confusing, uh, maybe for some, is he gives his daughter a gun. He puts it under the condoms, and Mm -hmm. he walks out. So she's kind of on her own, and and you get this feeling because he walks past two guys, and they're kind of sexualizing the women. These two mm-hmm. random dudes. And John stops like he's going to say something, but he doesn't. And that, to me, says, you know what? I can't fight all the fucking battles in the world. I love subtle scenes that show a character's arc. Like at the end of uh, the comedy where Tim Heidecker's mm-hmm. playing on the beach with that little boy. It's kind of the secret of the whole movie. 
uh-huh. like to me is like he just needed to to be a dad in the secret. Yep. I think. Absolutely. Um, but in this movie, yeah, it's like he, he, probably the reason you had anger issues is because you maybe took on a weight that you weren't uh, comfortable with in your life, um, fighting battles and stuff. My therapist tells me, stop trying to control the world. You're not good at it. <laughs> so that's what she says. She says, you're not any good at it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's some good advice right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think that it was probably just Robert Forster and his entire generation of not telling kids what the fuck is wrong with them and why they need to go to the goddamn doctor. <laughs> yep, probably. But that is The Wolf of Snow Hollow, our request timber number four. We've got one more coming up next week. What are we? Thank you. What? Sorry. Uh, thank you, Megan. What um we've done? Which ones have we done so far? We've done. Uh, we got this one. Uh-huh. We did. Pauly Shore is dead. Right. Uh, we did, uh, now I gotta look cause I'm oh, like, Oh, the eyes of my mother, the eyes of my mother. And, and then, uh, uh, we have silent running, silent running. So it's, for me, three for three and sleepwalk with me was also, Oh, right. Sleepwalk with me. Uh, yeah, this is like four for four. Like I like all these requests that have come through. Even eyes of my mother. I liked a lot. Yeah, I did not. But <laughs> what, what's okay. eyes of my mother? You'll it's a horror listen movie that's to the episode, Michael. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is the perfect, perfect response. Yes. And all of and you should listen to that episode as well, as well as our Patreon episodes, as I mentioned before. And hey, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and uh, leave us a review and a rating. We would appreciate that. It really does help the yeah. show. Uh, and we do read them. We read all of them, good or bad, whatever they are. Uh, but that is going to be it for us this week. Mike, is I'm, there anything you want to say before we go? <laughs> oh, no. The, I know the way I'm positioned here makes it seem like I'm holding something. I'm, I'm literally using my fist just to support it. No, I'm good. All right. Yeah. Nothing you want to promote. I mean, I guess not. I, I wasn't uh, the like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't like inferring like, like oh, is good, there anything you want to promote? Anything, and I was like, Implying. there's the other podcast. Sorry. Yeah, okay. And, and I no, I had a moment though where I was like, should I be? Do I um <laughs> AD like internet, Comcast, like <laughs> <laughs> I work for a mega corporation, so No, no, I'm good, buddy. Thanks though. Okay, okay. Alright, well that is gonna be it for us this week. I am Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Mike Clapoff. That's a wrap. I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right?